Welcome back. Episode number eight of Inside Atlanta Football. I'm sports editor Matt Daniels with the News Gazette, joined by beat writer Colin Likas as we sit here on a Monday afternoon, February 22nd. And Colin, there's still snow on the ground. Still snow on the ground, but at least it's not snowing heavily today. And uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't really look like football weather, as a couple of teams in the state found out last week. We'll talk <laughs> about that soon. But uh, it's going to warm up here shortly. Getting us ready for some high school football around the area. Of course, we've got plenty of Illinois basketball to worry about before then. But it's going to start feeling somewhat more like football season, which I guess is good for this unusual year. And uh, spring football practices should hopefully get underway mm-hmm. at some point, too, for, for the Illini. And uh, Colin, does it feel weird to be talking Illinois football in late February when all the buzz around Champaign-Urbana is geared in on what Brad Underwood's program is doing? Yeah, a little bit. Illinois football is under the radar right now. There's not a ton of news. We, we've gotten all the... The co- well, most of the coaching hires out of the way. There's some staff things mm-hmm. to still work out. All the coaching uh, hires. Yeah, all the coaching hires are done. The staff maybe getting a little more fleshed out. Uh, you got uh, your, your seniors have made their decisions. Uh, your, your recruiting, I mean, is obviously still going on, but signing day has come and gone. So, yeah, we're, we're a little under the radar, but that's the way we like it around here. Well, I, I think the biggest news of uh, the past week uh, in regards to the, the Illinois football program is uh, scheduling mm-hmm. uh, one. And, uh, you, you were know, right. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. I want to record this for posterity's sake so I can play this back uh, anytime <laughs> someone questions me again, Colin. Um, but, yeah, the big news was the Illinois-Nebraska uh, season opener yep. is uh, not going to take place in Dublin, nope. uh, the capital city of Ireland. It'll uh, it'll be a little bit easier travel for you, Colin, yes. uh, to go to Memorial Stadium in <laughs> Champaign than to Aviva Stadium in Dublin. But it's really, only moderately easier. <laughs> <laughs> really, no surprise that the um, the game is back in Champaign. It was a home yeah. game that Illinois gave up uh, two years ago in order to move the game to Dublin. And like we've talked about previously. It's staying uh, on the same date, yeah. August 28th. So week zero is still in effect and still in effect for the Illini where right. pretty much all the eyes in the college football world will yes. be located uh, in Champaign for that, that opening weekend. Yeah, that's great news. That's the biggest part of all this. I mean, obviously, I think there was a lot of excitement surrounding a game in Dublin, not just for you know Josh Whitman and those who helped set it up, but also for the athletes and the coaches. I know some spoke up on Twitter. Some of the players did afterward, d- expressing disappointment. But then you know you realize you're still getting to have that home game in Week Zero, as you said. Uh, first year under a new coach. Obviously, the recruiting push has been really strong. This is something that can only help that, especially if Illinois plays well against a Nebraska team that's been floundering in in recent years. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's still good news for Illinois. You would like to go to Dublin. Uh, it sounds like they really want to make that happen at some other point in the future, so I wouldn't be surprised if Illinois plays overseas at some time in the next few years. Uh, but it, obviously it's disappointing that you uh, lost the opportunity for this game. Somebody you know, reached out to me on Twitter and said, you know, why, why would the kids be disappointed? Now they get to play in Champaign. The place is going to be rocking. Well, one, I doubt that because it's still COVID era even if everybody in the world is vaccinated by that point I I feel like which is not what will be happening Mm -hmm. I feel like there's still going to be pretty limited attendance probably more attendance but limited attendance at Memorial Stadium this coming year and two you just can't overlook the fact that these kids had the opportunity to play somewhere that's totally different to them in a new country go experience new you know new new, uh, culture new Mm -hmm. cuisine things like that that's something you can't pass up these kids may never have the opportunity to again leave the united states depending on where their life takes them 
And, you know, a kid like James McCord also had the chance <laughs> to, to go to, to his home country, which mm-hmm. would have been pretty cool for him. Yeah, the Atlanta kicker uh, was born in Dublin, and uh, when the game was announced, no one had ever thought that he was going to play in the game because his yeah. eligibility would have up. But then, you know, a global pandemic broke out, and <laughs> we're still in it almost a year the, later. The weird positives of <laughs> yeah. COVID-19. Um, <laughs> but he unfortunately won't get to play in, in that game uh, in, in Ireland, but... Uh, it is good news in the sense that mm-hmm. you would think by late August that there will be more fans able to go into Memorial More than Stadium. just parents, yeah. Exactly, more than just family and friends. Uh, again, I don't expect them to say, yeah, everyone, come on in. I mean, that'd be great if that happens. It'll so, happen down south. Yeah. It won't happen here. <laughs> <laughs> Wear your mask, people. Get your vaccine when you're supposed to go get your shot, and then we can hopefully resume to some sort of normalcy at some point because I know we're all kind of really really fatigued and tired of of all this but anyway it's like you said the all the attention is going to be geared uh on the Illini and uh, I'm sure the the buzz and the hype that is you feel right now with Illinois basketball in this town six Mm -hmm. months from now I think that same type of excitement and buzz should be in the air just because it's the start of a new coaching staff and a proven winner and Brett Bielema with what he's done in in his previous stop at Wisconsin in the Big Ten and yeah so uh Eager to see how that all uh, all up plays out, but uh, interesting too for Illinois that they're going to open at home against a Big Ten team, something that hasn't been done since 1995 yep. when Michigan came to Champaign and the Wolverines <laughs> soundly beat the Illini that year. Lou Tepper's uh, Illini, 38-14. Uh, to 14. Uh, intrigued to see what that does. Uh, obviously, Illinois and Nebraska uh, play every year now. They're they're in the Big Ten West together, and Illinois is coming off of, I'd say, arguably their maybe their best ever performance in the Levy Smith era was last season's win in Lincoln, a forty-one twenty-three uh, victory yeah. against the Cornhuskers. Just an all-around yeah. effort by the all-around domination. Too, by kicking. The it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's fun to round out that conversation. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that 1995 game because the, the one thing I was thinking was the only thing that would make that opener more perfect here in 2021 is if it was against Michigan <laughs> because at this point yeah. Illinois fans are frothing at the mouth wanting to beat Michigan in uh, every sport from basketball to probably polo. If mainly mainly men's basketball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next Tuesday night, that uh, that game between the Illini and the Wolverines in Ann Arbor, I think is going to be on a lot of TV sets in, in Champaign County and yeah. uh, social media will be definitely be... Well, social media is already fired up 24-7 anyway, but it'll take it to another extreme anyway. It's DEFCON, FranCon, whatever, (laughs) if we're using the Iowa coach term. Uh, Enough basketball talk. This is a football podcast, Colin. No, we we dive into all sports when when appropriate. But uh, some other news. Uh, Last week, Nate McNeil, Mm -hmm. uh, he was part of Lovey Smith's staff, kind of behind-the-scenes aspect, high school relations uh, during that time. Four seasons in Illinois. Uh, Illinois hasn't officially confirmed this yet. Nope. Football Scoop, which is kind of the go-to source of all the college coaching turnover these they, days. They tend to be pretty accurate, too. Well, they tend to yeah, get things right they, They've got coaches feeding them information yeah. is essentially what it is. Yeah. Uh, Nate McNeil is reportedly uh, in line to help out uh, again here at Illinois on, on the recruiting front. Colin, fill us in what you know about that. Yeah, that's uh, something we'll wait to hear more from the U of I on, but yeah, that's uh, something that Brett Bielema kind of hinted that he wanted, not really hinted, he outright said that he wanted to expand his recruiting wing in such a way that uh, he would have somebody overseeing kind of the, the high school side of things and then somebody overseeing 
more of the JUCO mm -hmm. and transfers side of things with Pat Embleton, the recruiting director, overseeing mm -hmm. the entire operation. Mm -hmm. So uh, it sounds like McNeil would be maybe the guy who would run the high school side mm -hmm. of things. Uh, who would Makes oversee, sense. Yeah, because, I mean, he was the high school liaison mm -hmm. under Lovey Smith, and say what you will about Lovey Smith's in-state recruiting efforts, I would imagine McNeil has good inroads mm -hmm. with quite a few high school coaches in this area, and considering all the inroads that the new coaching staff has made with in-state coaches already, I think that can only be beneficial. So, yeah, uh, assuming this gets confirmed, sounds like it would be a good hire for Brett Bielema's staff. Just uh, you're bringing in a guy who knows the state, and that's really what you what you want on a recruiting front, especially if you're talking about high school athletes. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, he's got some ties to the stadium before he was at uh, right. here at Illinois. He was at Northern Illinois mm -hmm. under Rod Carey, left Illinois to go join Rod Carey at Temple, and uh, reportedly should be back in Champaign-Urbana fairly soon. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, another former uh, Illini is going to play some professional football, albeit not in the United States, but Reggie Corbin last week signed – to go play some football in the CFL yeah. in Canada. Yeah, it's a very cool opportunity for him. Uh, he actually uh, had a Zoom call last week set up uh, in coordination with the U of I. He was pretty excited to be on. That was Reggie. He was uh, excited to see some familiar uh, media faces, excited to see Brett Moore. Uh, actually, <laughs> he, he was really excited to see Brett Moore, actually. Uh, uh, but, yeah, uh, Reggie Corbin, uh, running back for Illinois, uh, did great things, was over in Washington, D.C. The last we heard of him, actually, was when Tony Adams decided he was coming back to the U of I uh, in, the, in early January. And Tony Adams said, I was in Washington, D.C. training. I hooked up with Reggie Corbin. It wasn't mm -hmm. like something he planned. It just kind of happened that way. And I asked Reggie a little bit about, about Tony Adams and about that relationship. And basically Reggie just said, I just told him to, to go with his mm -hmm. gut, go with what he felt was right. And that's something that Tony talked a lot about when he decided to come back ultimately. Uh, yeah, but going to have a story on Reggie Corbin at some point here in the when we have room when basketball there's a lot allows of basketball room. games this week. <laughs> yeah, so when basketball allows room, uh, we will have Reggie Corbin in. But yeah, he's going to be playing in the CFL, and uh, big news for him. I mean, uh, obviously, we talk a lot about when Illinois guys like Nick Allegretti, mm -hmm. Ted Karras go to the NFL, mm -hmm. but the CFL is no slouch. I mean, that, that's professional, high-level mm -hmm. football. There's guys that go from the NFL to the CFL, from the CFL to the NFL. That happens. So maybe we'll see. Maybe Fred Corbin has a great season or two in the CFL. Some NFL team comes knocking for him. He's going to play for the British, the BC Lions, I yes, think. Yes, The British correct. Columbia Lions. Yep. He's going to go try to win a great cup there. Yeah, not the Rough Riders, which is a great <laughs> name for for any team. That's true. So good luck, good luck to Reggie Corbin. Uh, he was always always easy to deal with during his time uh, at Illinois, and um, had an interesting backstory too, uh, losing his mom at a young age. Mm. Uh, former rugby player too in high school as well, and uh, you know didn't see the field quite as much as he wanted to early on in his time at Illinois, but then became the the first uh, running back to rush for more than a thousand yards uh, when he did that in in 2018 and yep. uh, yeah he's he's a guy that uh, is always going to have a, a soft spot in his heart for for Champagne Urbana so best of luck to him uh, up in the CFL yep we're just going down memory lane here today <laughs> this, this even podcast. further down um, former Illinois football coach Ron Zook um, still wants to coach college football and. After he got fired here at Illinois in 2011, he was with the Green Bay Packers as mm -hmm. special teams coordinator and then was let go when Mike McCarthy was, was fired in Green Bay. Right. 
Then joined Mike Loxley's staff at, uh, at Maryland as an analyst, uh, a guy doing some behind-the-scenes, off-the-field type stuff. But then it was announced last week that uh, Loxley, his former offensive coordinator <laughs> here at Illinois, who is now his boss, uh, brought him back to an on-the-field role, and he'll be the outside linebackers coach. Uh, and he's a special, special teams coordinator and outside linebackers For coach. the Terrapins. And, right. lo and behold... Maryland is supposed to come to Champaign <laughs> in about seven months to play a football game here. At weird, how that, weird how that will, uh, <laughs> how that works out. Yeah, um, good for Runzuk. Staying, staying <laughs> relevant in football, obviously. He's got, I, I feel like he probably has something to offer any college football program, so it's good he was able to make the transition back from the NFL. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm sure one or two stories will be written ahead of that game just about Ron Zook coming back to Champaign. Bob Osman has already emailed me a budget for a special section he has <laughs> planned on, I think, arguably one of his former favorite coaches yes. at Illinois. Yeah, maybe behind Bill Cubitt at this point. That might be <laughs> the only the only one. The, the only other thing I can I can add to this conversation is that Ron Zook's name is not, is not liked by the notepad application in <laughs> – in Apple because it autocorrected to Ron Look in here, and it's also autocorrected it to Ron Zookeeper in the past. So Ron Zook needs to get a new last name. That's all we're learning here. Information you can only find out here on, on Inside Live Football. Uh, speaking of actual football. Well, uh, there was supposed to be actual football. You mentioned the snow on the ground that is still here, although it's melted substantially yeah, in the sun. it's getting now. warm. So, yeah, exactly. It's, what, 35 degrees? The heat wave. 35 so. with a wind chill, 25. All right, there we go <laughs> uh, for all those that care about the weather. Yeah, there's your update. Um, Illinois State mm-hmm. was supposed to go down to Springfield, Missouri this past weekend and play a football game. Yep. And that didn't happen because of the weather. Although I saw some photos on oh social boy, media yeah. of, uh, of of snow being cleared at the, the stadium Missouri State plays at and yeah. no football being played. Yeah, Brock Spack's not happy about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, uh, the, the uh, Missouri State uh, men's soccer coach actually was tweeting out photos saying, look, we cleared off the field. We're practicing. <laughs> we're having soccer practices right now. And Brock Spack saw those photos and uh, basically said, why are we not playing football? Uh, the quote here in the Springfield News later, it's hard for me to believe. I really don't know what to believe right now. I don't get it. That soccer field looked plenty fine for me. I'm not buying it. There should have been a game this weekend. This is about the integrity of football and the integrity of the Missouri Valley. It's a really bad look. So uh, he's not happy. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I don't blame him. Uh, they, they rescheduled that game, I believe, for sometime in, in mid-April. Yep. So uh, that'll be one to, one to watch for, I'm sure. The Apparently, Red Birds, Brock Speck thinks Missouri State was dodging Illinois State. I'm That's sure the Redbirds won't, uh, won't, motiv- won't lack any motivation to, uh, to play that game. And um, Eastern Illinois football was supposed to play at UT Martin, I believe, on UT Sunday. UT Martin allegedly has not done anything to, <laughs> to cra- cause Eastern <laughs> Illinois to be annoyed, so that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see about that. Two quick behind the, this is very inside baseball, but it's it's our podcast, so we can talk about what we want. Uh, mm-hmm. Brock Speck, I've had the chance to talk to him a couple times in his college career. Yep. Um, talked to him once when he was at uh, Purdue as the defensive coordinator under Joe Tiller, and then he's been at Illinois State for more than a decade now. And mm-hmm. um, I actually did a phone interview with him. I was talking to him about Cameron Lee, uh, yeah. the former Oakwood product, who was a standout offensive lineman for the uh, the Redbirds. I was talking to him on my cell phone at home. This was four or five years ago mm-hmm. before we knew what Zoom was or anything like <laughs> that. And I uh, had a 
my I think my daughter was one and a half and she was not oh. very happy that morning so <laughs> she was throwing a temper tantrum in the background while I was on the phone with him and he was totally understanding of it all because he has kids he understands he's been there before also told That's me some funny. good stories too one time I was working on a story about Dino Babers the former Eastern coach who then parlayed that success there into bowling stops at Bowling Green and now at Syracuse where he's probably on the hot seat now but told me some great stories about him and Dino Babers playing basketball when they were assistants at, at Eastern Illinois. So so basically what we what we learned here is... He's uh, a good dude. He's a good yeah. dude. And he's got a great mustache, yeah. too. And, and what we also learned here is rivalries. Number one right now, <laughs> Illinois, M- Michigan men's basketball. Number two, <laughs> Illinois State, Missouri State football. Obviously. Very, very... Better strict. than Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, All right, trivia, t- trivia <laughs> question. What, uh, what did Missouri State used to be called, Colin? Oh, jeez. You think I know that? Uh, uh, yeah. The Missouri State Rivers. <laughs> no. They used to be called Southwest Missouri State. Oh, I thought the, they no. changed their mask. No, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh. All right, oh. let's move on. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> Back to Illinois football. Uh, as we have every week on this podcast, we've broken down a position group uh, for the Illini mm-hmm. up ahead of their 2021 season. We're almost out of position groups, Colin, so we've got to come up with another we segment. We've got two left. In, in a couple of weeks, but yep. uh, shifted the defensive side a couple of weeks ago, so we're going to take a look at the, the Illinois secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of returning names coming yeah. back for, for Brett Bielema and new defensive coordinator Ryan Walters to work with in 2021. Fill us in on that position group, Colin. Yeah, the, uh, this is very different from the linebackers who last week we talked about uh, kind of a, the big question mark on the defense moving into 2021. Your safeties and your cornerbacks, just among returning guys, I mean, you have an entire starting outfit. Admittedly, it was a starting outfit that struggled last year. Uh, and they're losing Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs has uh, declared for the NFL, so his uh, his services will not be utilized. But Tony Adams, as we mentioned before, is coming back. That's your biggest name, I think, among returnees coming back would be Tony Adams. Uh, and then other guys who st- ended up seeing some starting time last season, primarily because of injuries, also some COVID issues, uh, Quan Martin, Sidney Brown, uh, Devon Witherspoon, who really kind of seemed like the breakout younger star mm-hmm. in the secondary, I would think. And then Derek and Kendall Smith. Kendall Smith uh, opting to use an extra year of eligibility. No Michael, relation between those two. Spots. No, no. <laughs> Michael Marquez also could come back. We haven't heard anything about whether, at least I haven't heard anything about mm-hmm. whether or not he's coming back, but he ended up starting a few games late in the season as well. Um, yeah, Tony Adams, obviously the biggest name there. Sidney Brown and Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon, I think both are pretty important pieces as mm-hmm. well, guys who are going to be vying for starting spots. Sidney Brown was dealing with an injury that I don't know if it was ever really disclosed late in the season last year, and Devon Witherspoon was just kind of quietly pretty solid, um, put together a nice season, and uh, yeah, I think he'll definitely be vying for a starting job, uh, especially with Nate Hobbs on, on the way out, but transfers play a big role in this as well especially eddie smith Mm -hmm. coming over from uh, alabama that's a safety so uh, obviously you would tend to think he's going to get a pretty long look being Mm -hmm. a safety coming from the the reigning national champion it's not like he was the mvp of the national championship game or anything but still he's at alabama for a reason Mm -hmm. so i would have to think eddie smith's going to get a long look and then prather hudson he's already on campus the georgia defensive back who transferred over He's always been used in college as more of a special teams guy, but he mm-hmm. is a defensive back, so he's probably going to get a look there as well. He talked with the media uh, not too long ago, said he didn't really want to give up his special teams role. It seemed like he really fits in there. feels like that's his path to the NFL. Totally understand that. But, uh, I mean, if Brett Bielema sees stuff out of him in training camp in spring football that suggests he's a potential starter defensive back, don't be surprised if Prather Hudson is a starting defensive back. 
and Illinois hit the this position group pretty hard on the recruiting trail. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, excuse me. In the class of 2021 alone, you got uh, Joriel Washington, who's already on campus. Uh, Daniel Edwards, Prince Green, D.D. Snyder, and uh, Tyler Strain. The latter of those, Tyler Strain, there was an image of him floating around on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, him in a track and field meet, which in it looked like it was outdoors, too. Usually you'd do an indoor track and field meet this time of year, but I digress. Uh, he ran like a 10-point-something 100 okay. and looked absolutely jacked. I mean, he's right. uh, when, when you see that as an Illinois football fan, you got to, as Brett Bielema and his staff also, I, I would imagine you're pretty excited because you love those multi-sport athletes and those kids who show that quick burst speed and show that ability to just do multiple things well. It's going to be interesting, too, because if you think back to the Lovey Smith era, takeaways were such a point of emphasis. Yeah. And I don't, again, you've been on all these Zoom calls with the, these new coaching hires and with uh, the ones that Brett Bielen has had these last two months, but I don't think takeaways and turnovers were harped on maybe as much as in the previous coaching regime. Yeah. And At least so far early on. I, obviously, Brett Bielema and his staff want yeah. to force turnovers uh, yeah, and force takeaways. That's not – Yeah. that's beside the point, but it's not a – I think you're going to see a different type of emphasis on defense sure. where I think at L, in, in Lovey Smith's era, it was so much an emphasis on takeaways mm-hmm. it kind of just detracted from other parts of the defense where the focus was so much on ripping right. the football out of the running back's hands or trying to – make an interception and go score a touchdown where it kind of led into some other deficiencies on defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that really hasn't been brought up a lot in these, in these conference calls. It's been more about just physicality, toughness, mm-hmm. not necessarily takeaways. I think takeaways are kind of just, they, they consider that a byproduct mm-hmm. of all those other things, being physical and, and just hard hitting and just con- 100% effort, just constantly showing up. It's not to say Levy Smith was like, oh, play with 80% effort and get some takeaways. Yeah. That's obviously not what was going on there. But it's just a, a different way of, of saying things. And, I mean, when you look at it, it was called Lovey Ball because that's what happened over in Chicago mm-hmm. as well. The Bears fans remember, you know, Peanut Tillman, the Peanut Punch, taking away the football all the time. Here's the thing, though, at Illinois, especially late in the Levy Smith era, it didn't really lead to points always. I mean, once in a while there would be a defensive touchdown, mm-hmm. but more often than not, they take the ball away. I, the the biggest example I remember is starting that Northwestern game, mm-hmm. the last uh, the last of the regular season I consider the Penn State postseason. Um <laughs> The first drive Northwestern had, Illinois forced a turnover inside the 10 and didn't score. That's just one of those things where it's like, okay, you got a takeaway, but it led mm-hmm. to nothing yeah. ultimately. No, exactly. I think one key word you harped on there that I think is going to be repeated over and over and kind of become a mantra for uh, for Brett Bielema's program is physicality. I yes. think you're going to kind of see a not a... I wouldn't say smash mouth football, but they're they're not going to be afraid to to hit somebody, obviously legally, and uh, try to try to make their mark uh, defensively that way. So. Yeah, and I th- I think just the biggest thing is you don't necessarily have to harp on takeaways. If you just harp on playing good, sound, mm-hmm. fundamentally sound, positionally sound defense, the takeaways will come. And then the onus is on the offense to score points off those takeaways. All right. Well, our big takeaways coming up here at the end of this podcast as we now go to. I like to think this is a fun segment, kind I of think so. off the wall, a little creative juices flowing. Uh, it's our, our Big Ten draft where we pick a topic, and Colin and I draft 10 items of that particular topic. That's right. Things we've done in the past or what high school programs Brett Bielen and staff should go recruit, uh, the best venues in the Big Ten. We did Big Ten rivalries last week, and now this week, since 
the talk all around Champaign-Urbana is on Brad Underwood's fifth-ranked Illinois men's basketball program. We figured, let's take 10 Illinois men's basketball players <laughs> and draft them That's right. as football players. Current you know, So players. We, 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 already, we already lined out the 10 players we're going to pick. Yep. There's 17 players on Brad Underwood's roster. We only selected 10, so apologies in advance to those we didn't choose. Mm-hmm. But how do you want to do this, Colin? We're going to pick... The player, and then do you right. want to? I think we should maybe put the position mm-hmm. they should they would play on. Yeah, on a football I, th- I think so. That, okay, that's a that's a fun little wrinkle to add right. to it because there's multiple positions some of these guys could play. We're going by seniority and age, and Colin, you're younger than I am, so you go first. <laughs> I don't think that's always. how that works, but all right, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, number you go, one, you go first, so then I can tell you how wrong. All right. Well, I don't think I can. Well, I, I guess I could be wrong with this first pick. There's really two ways you go with this first pick. I'll go with uh, Kofi Coburn okay. because, man, if you saw that guy at a football field, you'd be terrified. <laughs> I think. You want to put him in, in pads and a helmet? He's already yeah. terrifying on the basketball court without any of that stuff on. You and I discussed this, though, back on Saturday. Where would you put Kofi Coburn on mm-hmm. the field? There's a few places you could put him. And you, you mentioned defensive line, and I think that's a good spot to put him. Put him, put him on the edge and have him okay. rush the passer. Man, All that quarterback right. is going to be leaving the stadium before he can even think about throwing the football and okay. Kofi Coburn's running down the gut at him. So, can, yeah, could, I'm starting could, with Kofi. He could work on some of those drop steps and that uh, would his, be, his uh, leaping ability with the slam I, I've seen the way he's actually defended out, outside the paint some some mm-hmm. shooters. He actually, his, his footwork is pretty good I, okay. I think he might be able to do that all right fair enough so your first overall pick you want kofi coburn mm-hmm. as a defensive end yep. what what number would he wear 99 99 okay yeah, Owen Carney's number yep. okay all right i think owen carney might give that up to him just <laughs> he might he might be intimidated Kofi's probably the, the largest man in champaign urbana <laughs> <laughs> as of right now yeah uh all right so my first pick i'm gonna go with Ayo Desumu. as you pretty, should pretty obvious choice mm-hmm. i'm gonna flip him to the other side of the ball and put him on offense and Obviously, he's my QB QB one. Okay. Uh, I think Ayo Desumu at quarterback would be very intriguing to mm-hmm. see. Uh, he's obviously coming off of Saturday's game at Minnesota. You saw he's kind of a floor leader. Gets everyone likes to get everyone involved, but also knows when to to be aggressive and go after. I think he's the quintessential dual threat quarterback. If you put him in shoulder pads, mm-hmm. now obviously I say this without really knowing much of their background histories because I don't think any of the ten players we picked ever played football in high school? I'd have to go look I into that. Know of. Um, I'd love to know if Georgie Bashanashvili <laughs> played football in high school. <laughs> I, I think he would have loved to have had that experience, too. <laughs> All right, so with my first pick, though, I go Ayo Sumu and I'd slot him in at quarterback. Okay. All right, Colin, you're next up. That sounds good. I'm going to go to the senior, Trent Frazier, next. Right. Now, I think you have to put him on defense. His defense okay. is lauded. Obviously, he had a really good offensive game on Saturday against okay. Minnesota. But everyone did. Uh, Trent Frazier. Do I want to put him at linebacker? Or do I want to put him at? Do I want to put him at a cornerback? Do I want to have him covering someone? I'm, I'm, okay, we'll put him at cor- we'll put him at cornerback, okay. not quarterback. Cornerback. All right. Uh, have him have him cover the team's number one receiver okay. and frustrate the heck out of that number one receiver, David Bell from Purdue, mm-hmm. maybe somebody like that. Okay, I think that works. All right, Frazier Island is what I see. Oh, there we go. I like that. In. And then he can can pick off a pass and go 100 yards for a touchdown, kind of like he picked off a pass and sank a half-court buzzer beater on Saturday at Minnesota. So there you go. So 50-yard field goal then after (laughs) after that? (laughs) (laughs) All right, my second pick, I'm going to stay with the senior class there. Uh, I'm going to go with DeMonte Williams. Good pick. Uh, I'm going to keep him on defense. I think he is your middle linebacker. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you want to mess with him at all on defense, and I think he'd be the 
quarterback of the defense with his communication skills and just the the way he gets after it on the basketball court, I think would translate well to that position. So, yeah. My second pick, I'm going to go Demonte Williams. Uh, he'll be the the Dick Butkus of uh, like of the team. So there you go. I think you could also argue maybe bulking him up and putting him on the offensive line because you need yeah. like a, a kind of a meaner guy. And not to say Demonte's like mean, but uh, he's definitely yeah. aggressive. Yeah, I, I don't think. But Iowa, I think linebacker uh, makes more sense. Yeah, I think we need to ask any Iowa basketball players what they think of Demonte Williams yeah. and see what their response is. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, my third pick, I think I'm going to go actually. Maybe it's a sleeper pick. I don't know. I'm going to go with Andre Corbello. Okay. All but right. the thing is, you already have a quarterback i don't have a quarterback okay, yet i feel enough. like with the passing that okay. andre corbello does right. he could just thread the needle he could be like okay this is a ridiculous comparison he could be like patrick <laughs> well this mahomes. is a ridiculous draft it is doing. he could be like patrick mahomes just wiring these ridiculous passes okay. like how in the world did he get that pass off very true people say the broadcasters say that five times a game watching mm-hmm. andre corbello you know there's some turnover things to work out still but He'll throw some interceptions, but uh-huh. he's also going to throw some ridiculous passes that okay. go 70 yards for a touchdown. And you'll be like, how did that happen? And wear bright green shoes, too. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, uh, my number third pick. Uh, I'm trying to think in my head right now what position he would play, but just for overall overall positivity on the <laughs> team, just a way to feel good about yourself yeah. after a bad play or anything, uh, I'm going to go Georgie Bashanis Vili. Yeah, yeah. With my third pick... Um, where would I put That's him? That's a, on a great field? question. <laughs> I'm going to put him at a tight end. Okay, I like that. I don't think it, it, the size-wise, offensive line couldn't yeah. really see that, and he just he needs to get the ball in his hands. And here at Illinois, too, there's been so much to do about not passing the football to a tight end over the years that I've been here, and even dating my arrival here. So I'm going to stick him at tight end. Have him go right down the seam. Io hits him for a pass. Memorial Stadium goes crazy. Bashan really dances in the end zone. I don't <laughs> think there's a better a better outcome than that. So <laughs> tight end. I like Georgie Bashan really my my third pick. So right. Colin, you're up. Well, we stick- only have we have four players left. Do you That's want to right. name the players we have left? No, no, okay, we gotta okay. hide it. We gotta right. hide it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with the freshman side though. Following Andre Corbello, I'm gonna go with Adam Miller. All right. Again, kind of like with Georgie, where do I want to put him? I think I'm gonna put him on the offensive side of the ball. I okay. think that makes the most sense. You could do running back, or you could do receiver. I think you don't want to put him at like left tackle. That would be interesting. <laughs> at 6'3", 180, that would be an interesting Left uh, tackle play. for Champaign Central High School. <laughs> Adam Miller would probably be really upset at us for doing that to him. Uh, I'm going to say I'm gonna say receiver. Okay. Put him at receiver. Okay. I, I think you could use him as maybe a guy who – you could use him as a running back who catches passes as well. But let's go ahead and, and put Adam Miller at receiver. Okay. I feel like he's, he's got good hands yep. and handled the ball well. Right. Why not? Sounds good. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy that – not many Illinois fans uh, really kind of thought they would see in the starting lineup this year at all, but mm-hmm. he's become a, a huge part of uh, the turnaround. As he ever. Uh, Jacob Grandison mm-hmm. uh, with my next selection, and uh, where do I want? I'm going to put. I'm going to keep him on the offensive side of the ball. I know he's mm-hmm. no more for his defense, but I feel with this position, he could be used in a complimentary role. I'm going to stick him in the backfield. I'm going to put him at running back. Oh, um, 6 6 205 running back. Yeah, He's going to hurt I, I some like, people. I like that. I, I think he could take out his physicality on on the opposing He's defenses. He's like a fullback. There you go. I think he'd be a guy used for kind of short yardage situations yeah, too and, and near the goal line as well. But I think he's got the capabilities if you get him 
out in space. He could surprise you with his speed, and he's kind of deceptively quick. So yeah. I'm going to go Jacob Grandison and, and put him in at running back. All right. All right, so just to recap right now. Go ahead. Colin, you pick Kofi Corver, and you put him at defensive end. Trent Frazier, put him at cornerback. Then uh, you went with Andre Cabello as your quarterback yep. and Adam Miller at wide receiver. Yep. So for your final selection, what, <laughs> are you, what are you doing? I am the preps coordinator here as well, and <laughs> there is a kid with a local connection I knew you were gonna do on this, this team, <laughs> Zach Griffith, uh, rounding out. Obviously, Zach Griffith, a little unheralded guy who comes off the bench in late situations. If the in game, a blowout game. In the, if the game's yeah. out of hand. Yeah. And he's, he's fine with that, too. And he's he fine with that, yep. He loves being part of the team and, and his role on the team. We'll have to look and see if Zach Griffith played football Fisher. I'm I honestly not sure. Think he, I know he yeah. played baseball with yeah. the Bunnies, but I don't think football yeah. was in his, his background. But 6'6", 220. Okay. I want to I want to put him on the line. I feel like that's <laughs> you might get might be a little undersized. Put on some more weight. I think you can do Jake, like what th- Bryce Barnes did and put on some weight. I think Jake Palmer Fisher would have liked to have used him on the offensive line. Yeah, you think so? His offensive <laughs> line, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a really smart kid. I mean, you could argue, if you put on quite a bit of weight, you could mm-hmm. argue putting him at center because, I mean, yeah. the center is uh, – offensive linemen usually have, have it going on with the brains, and the center is usually at the head of that. Doug Kramer has shown that okay. over the past several years. So maybe Zach Griffith, after he puts on about uh, 40, 50, 60 pounds, is your starting center. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Last pick here in this imaginable draft that would never happen in real life, <laughs> but this is why we have a podcast. Uh, I'm going to go with Coleman Hawkins okay. for my final pick. And I'm going to kind of switch it up a little bit, even though this is completely insane. To I think really of. am uh, excited uh, now. I, I think I'd use him on both sides of the field. I think okay. he's got the talent to where on the basketball court he could play a two all the way through a five. I think you utilize that on the football field. I think you put him at a, a wide receiver slash uh, outside the linebacker safety type of role on, on defense, maybe where you need him to be. Okay. Wide receiver mainly just in goal line situations. I mean, he's 6'10". Io can throw that ball up to him, and he can snag a fade in the end zone. And yeah. the, the student the uh, student section can go crazy in the north end zone. And then, like he can, then he can come down feet downhill and hit a ball carrier or uh, wrap him up. So I don't know where I'm going with this comparison now. So, but my final pick, Colin Hawkins. Okay. So uh, yeah, there's our completely unrealistic <laughs> uh, draft of if we had to take Illinois basketball players and put them as football players, this is what we would do. Now, fo- final question to round this out: uh-huh. Which member of the Illinois men's basketball coaching staff do you think would make, make for the best football player? <laughs> best football player. Yeah. Ooh. My first thought was was Chin Coleman, honestly. I yeah, feel like he would be the way he good. stared down Fran McCaffrey. Yeah, that was my first thought on Super Bowl Sunday, after all, too. Yeah. So you, yeah. I could see Chin getting fired up real easily. Oh, it's man. tough. Football player. I thought you were gonna say football coach. Well, okay, go ahead. If you, no, if that's a little easier, no. football player. Brad Underwood to me seems like the quintessential like. Fullback, middle linebacker on a small school. Brad team Underwood would crush you <laughs> on a small school football team in the 1980s that plays both ways. Yeah, uh, runs for 200 yards, <laughs> makes 20 tackles, takes out the opposing team's best player. Brad then, Underwood then, would, then goes and steals his the, the opponent's girlfriend and <laughs> takes her out after the game. Type Brad of Underwood player. would run over the opponent and laugh about it afterward. Yeah, <laughs> he would just, he would exactly. just crush you. And then he'd give a great interview afterwards. Yeah, too. exactly. Uh, that's fun. All right. I don't know how we end this podcast after this we don't. epic fail. We have to keep talking forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're actually going to wrap this up. We have to, you know, go put, go put out the 
the Tuesday sports section. So uh, we'll be back next week for Episode 9 of Inside Atlanta Football. Thanks for listening, everyone.